Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Cotton Club Crew. Uh, I've lost track of episodes, and it's been a little bit since I've been on here. Uh, my name is Jack. I'm here with Joe tonight, and we're going to talk tech baseball. Um, right now, they are actually in the middle of the second game of a doubleheader against Abilene Christian. Uh, currently, Tech is up by a score of 3 to nothing, headed to the bottom of the second. Uh, they batted around in the first inning and left the bases loaded. Um, on a larger scale, it's been a bit since Joe and I have gotten together and done one of these. Um, we were just chatting about it. The last time that we were on here uh, talking about this, Tech had just come off a series win in Norman. And uh, so it's been a little short of a month um, since we've since we've gone through this uh Tech has had some highs, some really high, some really, I guess, high highs and some really low lows. Um, but we're going to dive into that. Um, so since we've played, or since we last recorded, I should say, um, Tech has faced Grand Canyon in a midweek series, uh, Baylor at home in a three-gamer. Uh, they went on the road at K-State and then were at home against Sam Houston State. Again, like I mentioned, uh, they're playing against Abilene Christian in the second game of today's doubleheader. They won the first game today by a score of 15-11. to 11. Um, In the last 17 games, Tech is 11-6, and six, um, which, as Joe and I were just talking about, it doesn't sound bad on paper, um, but the product has been a little lackluster lately. Um Overall, team-wise, you're talking about a team that's really struggled in the bullpen uh, and on the mound in general, really, not just the bullpen, but the starting pitching has struggled. Um, and it pretty much comes down to uh, right now that if the bats aren't uh, firing on all cylinders, then it's it's really hard for this Tech team to win a, win a ball game. Um, Basically, uh, it's pretty much just reiterating what Joe and I talked about earlier in the year uh, when we had gotten together last. We said, you know, this pitching is really a, a weak point right now, and if nothing gets solved, uh, you, you know, this could be a this could be a long stretch coming down uh, the final home stretch for baseball. And um, Joe, I think I think I speak for both of us when I say I really don't feel like a whole lot has been changed. Absolutely not. I mean, the the consistency, I mean, I hate using that word sometimes, but I mean, that's all it comes down to. 
um, consistency, consistency on the hump and confidence in a sense. I mean, you, you're watching these games and you're looking at these kids pitch and sometimes you see, I mean, if you're a baseball player, you kind of understand exactly what I'm saying. If you're starting to overthrow or starting to hold the ball in your hand a little bit too long, and then you ultimately get inside of your own head. So a lot of that's been going on. We have a lot of youth over there, but we also do have some older pieces that have played and pitched in some meaningful games and to watch them, you know, ride that roller coaster of, of highs and lows, highs and lows, you know, it's tough to watch sometimes. And it's, it's just, I don't know. There's a bunch of questions, I guess you could be asking as far as pitching coach wise, you could be asking um, if injuries take effect, but I mean, Screaming those that broken record only goes so far before we have to actually start ha- having some accountability for our woes on the hump. No, I definitely agree, and I feel like I feel like you said it perfectly, man. Like this has been just a broken record. It's always there's always some sort of you know excuse. There's always some sort of be like, oh well, you know, we got a lot of youth, or oh. You know, we got a lot of injuries. You know, I mean, you can't. I mean, you you can't really account for injuries. Like we've we have a lot of those. Well, yeah, you know what? You can, because everyone has injuries at this point. We're not the only team in America that has some pitchers hurt right now. You know, we're not the only team in America that has some position players that are hurting. Um, we're not the only team in the Big Twelve that's like that, and. Uh, and I and I think, like I said, you said it perfectly. I mean, it's a broken record, and it's I'm tired of it. I'm ready to change the song. I'm re- I'm ready to flip the record, so to speak. You know, I'm I'm ready to turn it over to side B and see what see what else there is to offer. Um, you can only go so far and and make so many excuses before, like you said, before there has to be some sort of accountability. And and I think you know. We're at that point. Um, this is definitely a recurring issue. It's a systemic issue, and um, it, it's it's something needs to get figured out. I mean, if you're not going to make any moves uh, in the offseason, you got to figure out what the hell's going on with these injuries because it's not um, it's not just a one off thing anymore. It's not just a freak freak accident. Uh, you know, it, it started years ago. Um, I want to say it started with, uh, I don't know if it was Stephen Gingry or, uh, you know, we had some guys back in that era that were kind of started getting hurt before the season started. And it's, and it's been every year since then. It's been every year. Um, you know, Austin Becker missed a lot of time with injuries here at Tech. He just, they, they threw him too early trying to get, get him back from, uh, you know, injury and uh, and it really hurt him. Um, and then you had people like Birdsell go down. Uh, you know, you've seen Brendan Gurton go down, and, and Brendan Gurton hadn't been the same since that injury. Uh, and I'm sure he'll tell you that. Uh, so you had Washburn go down before the season even started this year. So, like I said, it's it's not a it's not a woe is me thing. It's really a what the hell is going on and why is this happening so often. And what is it going to take to stop it? And um, that's kind of what I'm at, where I'm at right now um, with the whole situation, Joe. I don't know how you're feeling about it. If you're feeling something similar, 
Um, you know, if you're feeling like maybe this is just just a case of bad luck or or what? No, me and you are on the same page in the same book on the same line in the same paragraph, man. Um, it's just one of those things, like you said and alluded to just a while ago. Everybody has injuries. Everybody across the board, even those big dogs up top, the Floridas, those LSU's, those Stanford's of the world. They have injuries on both on the pitching side and both on the, the the actual defensive side of the of the baseball team. So I mean that that excuse only goes so far. You know some of these injuries that are happening preseason and when there's not really games to be had is really concerning to me because it's like almost like what is our coaching staff doing in particular with these guys? Are they not getting enough rest? Are we? telling them to do too much from the rip and then try to pull back. And when we try to pull back, it's already too late because the damage has kind of already been done. And it's, it's like we've said, I mean, it's a broken record. We're alluding to this stuff kind of like we have all this hype going into the year because finally we have some, some solid pitching coming back with some experience, uh, whatever the credentials that they're coming to, to Texas tech, either from the high school ranks or the transfer ranks, it's just, it's really terrible to see us be high on some of these guys so much. And then when, boom, whenever it starts coming down to it and the meat and potatoes are about to start on that, on that stove, man, oh, we're miss we're missing this arm. Uh, it's some inflammation here, or it's, he overstressed or overworked this, that, or the other, you know, it's just like, I really kind of want to know as far as the off season goes or in preparation for the actual season, what kind of practice these guys are getting because something doesn't add up when the, it, something doesn't pass the eye test, the smell test, whatever test you want to put it under. Um, something just isn't adding up because they're dropping early with high expectations and it's ultimately hurting this team in more ways than one. And then you can't just go back and backtrack whenever you're in the meat and potatoes now. And guess what? You have no backup plan to the to what just happened because you had already kind of put all your chips in with some of these guys. And man, it just like I said, it it sucks because there's some there's some really good arms out there that we've lost. And to your point, Gurton has not been the same. He's like his two different people, pre injury and post injury, and. It's just, I, I just want to know what's kind of going on prior to the season starting and what kind of workload our guys are getting. It's it's definitely concerning, and, you know, we'll, we'll continue to touch on this, but um, I kind of want to take this in a general direction here and uh, not saying that this team's season is over by any means. Uh, you know, this is a team that's 33-16, and 16. Overall, they're nine and nine in conference play. Um, I'm going to read off our our record based on home, away, and neutral sites, and I, it, it's really um, alarming. Uh, Tech is 27 and six at home. They've played, uh, you know, 33 games at at Dan Law. They're 27 and six. It's pretty good. They've played 13 away games. They're 5 and 8 away from home and they're 1 and 2 on neutral sites. Um that's not good. Um 
to put it lightly. Uh, just they've only played 16 games away from our home field, and I think that um, you know as we're getting down to you know the final stretch, like I mentioned, we kind of got to start looking ahead at what the postseason looks like if there is a postseason for this team. Um, right now, I I think that this team is firmly on the bubble. I'm going to be honest. Uh, we all know that Tech can hit. Everyone in the country knows Tech can hit. Um, it's can Tech pitch, and uh, you want to you want to almost hope for a, a similar uh, performance like you got in the regional last year down in Georgia from this pitching staff. You know they. they came out of nowhere and they had been something almost similar to what we're seeing this year, just not quite as bad or inconsistent. Um, but they turned it on. And, um, I think it's very, um, I think it's time that we talk about the possibility of, uh, you know, where tech could be going if they make the postseason. And, uh, you know, for the first time in a long time, it's almost, it pains me to say is we need to start having the conversation of the possibility of Tech not making the postseason. Um, Joe, I know you and I talked about it a little bit before we came on the air, and um, I think, again, I think we're on the same page on this. Um, if the season ended tomorrow, I don't know. I really don't know if this team makes it. Um, I, I think that uh, if they do, it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a very low three seed, probably at a very high uh, uh, seeded regional, uh, possibly like a three seed in in the Baton Rouge regional, possibly a three seed in the Gainesville regional, uh, something like that. Maybe even a three seed in the uh, in the Fayetteville regional. Um, which is puzzling and it's troubling. Um, what are your thoughts on postseason? Um, you know, are are you thinking that there's still a way, um, way forward here? I mean, Tech has games. They had a three game set this weekend uh, against West Virginia. Uh, big news from West Virginia, their ace will not be pitching. I don't think I need to look at this because in their game on Sunday, their uh, starting pitcher was out of the dugout with a prop on his head, and he got tossed from the game, and that's similar to the Brandon Beckel situation. So that's a four-game suspension. If it was held up, I need to check on that. Um, but that was West Virginia's ace pitcher who's been dominant for them all season, and meaning he could miss his start against Texas Tech this weekend. Um, anyway, I will check on that. But, Joe, um, what are your thoughts on the postseason? Is this a postseason team? Do you think that if Tech goes and puts a solid showing in Morgantown and handles Kansas in that last series, maybe wins a couple in the Big 12 tournament. Do you think that it's possible to fight back up to that number two seed, uh, number two seed line? Um, you know, and is it possible, you know, if Tech, you know, really comes out and puts on a stinker for the rest of the year that this team misses? 
right now I'm sitting firmly and I say firmly, there's no changing my mind that right now they are on the fringe and I'm talking like the first four kind of out thing. If we're kind of comparing it to the NCAA tournament where they're, I mean, they're a good team. I mean, they're probably the best team with the, the RPI that we have out there. You know, I think it's like we're North of 55 and we're a very dangerous team when it comes to batting. If we had a home run derby or anything like that, I would like to put tech there on the top, but that's not how we play these baseball games. We play these baseball games with pitching and batting, and we're just not getting it done on the pitching side of it. Best case scenario, how I see tech gets in. And this is a huge what if, because I mean, West Virginia is a good baseball team. Um, I know that we've been talking about it, how they were kind of the outside looking in about a month ago when we started this thing. And, you know, they've just stayed consistent on both sides of the ball, winning games, winning games that they should win, you know, things like that going in and handling their business. So as it sits right now, what I believe Tech needs to do is get two in West Virginia, sweep Kansas, get a little bit of help from Texas when West Virginia goes to Austin to play, which I know it doesn't really necessarily help Tech's case all that much, maybe more so Texas's, but, you know, just to get some L's on their bracket and then win two in the Big 12 tournament. I think that puts us on the green, um, putting for a championship, but I don't see us, I mean... uh, unless there's some kind of miracle as it sits right now. And, and a lot of people may not like to hear this, but I, we're not getting out of the super regional. If we make it out of a weak regional, that's just plain and simple. We don't have the pitching for it. I know we have the batting for it. And, you know, last year in some senses, we got our pitching together and our batting fell off. So it kind of just depends on which tech team we get. But right now tech is into a whole lot of work to do stages. And, I don't know if they could do it. Um, I'm not betting against them, but I just know it's a very tough ask. Going to Morgantown and winning there two out of three is tough enough as it is. Staying And then coming back and beating Kansas three games in a row, that is completely doable. But the two out of three in Morgantown is going to be pretty tough. And just something to keep an eye on. I don't know if this is fact yet. I know that what you said about the pitcher, their ace being um, suspended for four games, which I believe was held up, if I'm not mistaken. Another thing to uh, monitor. I, to, to just say, I just looked it up. They have reduced it to one game. So he will be available for a Saturday or Sunday start against Tech this weekend. Okay. So having said that, one game for you know his shenanigans out in the dugout, whatever. Another thing to monitor is weather. Um, I don't know exactly how they make up games this late in the season, um, given that the Big 12 tournament starts in two weeks, I believe, on the 24th, if I'm not mistaken. If you want to check me on that and then let me know when when you come back on, um, Jack, that'd be great. Um, Friday's weather prediction in Morgantown, 58 to 60% chance of rain in the evening. Saturday, 60% chance of rain, and then Sunday, um, 40% chance of rain. So I'm not exactly sure how these games will be played. 
And sometimes these games will go to the team that's hosting just because if there's a double header and things like that, then tech's having to travel this, that, and the other. I mean, there's just so many variables that are kind of thrown in there that could go more in West Virginia's favor as opposed to tech. And it's just one more obstacle that tech's going to have to overcome. They already got to overcome that they they don't play well on the road. Fact. They also got to overcome their playing a team that's damn good. Fact. Probably a regional host kind of team. So a lot of things going on that tech's going to need to do. But my prediction is, not even my prediction, this is what I believe needs to happen for them to be um, playing in the tournament um, after the Big 12 is two in West Virginia, sweep Kansas, and then two in Arlington for the Big 12 championship. You know, I think that it would be... I think you'd probably be correct. I, I, I'm looking at it now as well, and, um, you know, the weather does not look favorable. Um, I'd be very interested to see what happens or what the Big 12 decides to do. Um, you know, I have, talk about, you know, if, if those games don't get played and they are given to West Virginia, you know, talk about... Uh, Talk about a real a real kick in the groin uh, on that deal. Um, just a quick update as well. Um, Tech has scored three more in the bottom of the second and is now up 6 nothing on Abilene Christian as we're recording this. Um, I want to touch on, uh, I guess, Kansas. That Kansas is a Thursday, Friday, Saturday uh, series next week, which would be Thursday the 18th, Friday the 19th, Saturday the 20th. Um, Big 12 Championship, Wednesday the 24th through Sunday the 28th. Um, and then regionals the following weekend, June 2nd through June 5th, if necessary. Um, Joe, I want to just touch on this briefly because we'll have plenty of time to do this later on. Um, but with the um, with the end of the season coming up, and with this stuff being more and more prevalent around the uh, college ranks, no matter the sport. Um, we're going to have to start looking at uh, some of these guys that are going to be leaving Tech. Um, you have a bunch of freshmen um, that are on this team, and you only have a certain amount of spots. Um, granted, you do have a lot of sen- of seniority in the outfield, uh, especially recently with Zach Vuletich coming in to right field and playing a lot lately, um, kind of replacing... Uh, Harrelson, so to speak, uh, for a little bit. Um, you're talking about um, a team that uh, I don't think Dylan Carter moves on, but uh, I, I don't. Uh, I know Vuletic is up with his eligibility, and I believe Hester is as well. So uh, you're talking about the two corner outfield spots that are going to have to be replaced. Um, you're talking about, um, you know, that's pretty much it. Um, so, 
we're gonna have we're gonna have a discussion, I believe, um, probably in our next episode, uh, mostly um, kind of taking a real deep dive in this uh, in this roster and kind of just kind of go through. I mean, I mean, we can wait to do it till after the year if that's what we want to do, but. Um, you know, we're going to have to go through each of these guys individually and kind of, you know, do we think that they're going to stick around? Um, unfortunately, I think that there are going to be a couple of guys that uh, that decide to move on, and I can't blame them for moving on, but uh, it kind of sucks because I really think that there are a few guys on this roster that never, uh, that will move on, that never really got the chance to, you know, showcase their abilities here, um, which is unfortunate. Yeah, another name to kind of put on that list is um, Owen Washburn. Um, I know his brother came over here from Ole Miss, um, and and he was one of the, as forementioned, pitchers that was injured, you know, early on in the season. So it's kind of interesting to think if if he leaves, is Owen going with him? You know, I know Owen has some eligibility left, but is and he's hurt himself, so. Is there a chance that he decides to, you know, be one of those guys that just, you know, packs up and goes to greener pastures? Because our outfield room is is fairly deep because we have – we'll still have, to your point, Dylan Carter. We'll have Gage Harrelson. Vujicic, I think, will be gone. He's on the fifth year, second at Tech from Navarro. But then we have Jarrett Curtis out there just kind of waiting around as well. Um, so it's going to be kind of kind of interesting to see what happens, you know, when when the season is actually fully done, what's going to take place as far as roster turnover. And that happens with every sport. I mean, just to your point, I mean, it happens to everybody. There's some people that just don't fully see the fit here. They go for more playing time somewhere else. This, that and the other. That stuff kind of happens, but it's 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 part of it. So just to see some of the. I just as long as some of the bigger names stay here at Tech, I'll be I'll be happy. But I also do understand the business side of it and them wanting to play ball somewhere else and get their name out there, get some tape out there to see you know if, if they ultimately want to go and play baseball you know professionally. So we'll just see kind of what happens. Obviously, this conversation could be had soon, depending on how Tech ends this this regular season and does in the Big Twelve tournament. So. You know, hopefully we're not having this conversation early and we're having it a little bit later, you know, while we getting out of a regional for whatever reason or wherever we end our season at. I just want to talk about it later as for sooner. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt. Um, with all that being said, you know, we we kind of touched on uh, the way the rest of the season looks. Uh, we've talked about the last time the game since the last time we've recorded which was uh you know middle to late uh april i'm gonna ask you uh kind of just pretty generic um taking all things into account for this team um you don't have to really factor in injuries because like i mentioned you know everyone has injuries um I'd like for you to give kind of like a letter grade and then you can go minuses, pluses if you want. Um, but 
I'd kind of be interested to hear what your letter grade is for this team, um, you know, through uh, through these 49 games. They're playing game number 50 right now. Um, so I, I'm just kind of interested in, uh, in your thoughts on uh, this team so far uh, at the 50-game mark. So do you want to speak collectively, like just st- strictly batting and strictly pitching, or are we going nah, just, just player as, by player? Nah, just as a whole, just a team as a whole. Okay. Okay. Um, I'll just break it up between the, the – let me add a, a third wrinkle into what you're saying. Okay, I give our pitching staff as a whole 49 games in or working on game 50 right now, um, I would give our pitching staff a – D plus at times it's been great, but a lot of times after the fact, we've been just kind of left with our hands in the air, broken record, this, that, or the other, you know, it's just, it's not consistent. It's not, not consistent at all. And, you know, as we've all said before in the past, it's just something that's going to need to be addressed in one way, shape or form. So currently I see, 50 games in or 49 and working 50 right now are pitching staff at a, at a C C plus, or I'm sorry, a, a D plus low C ish kind of grade, you know, just passing, just barely getting the degree, you know, just doing enough at times, uh, give our hitting an A plus. I mean, yeah, we have had some games where we didn't hit the ball very well, but you know, there's been times, more times than than not, we're putting runs up, you know, trying to alleviate some of the stresses on our on our pitching staff, giving them run support, you know, to give them a little bit of a break so much, you know, for not pressing so much while they're on the on the mound. So I give our hitting and I mean we we're statistically we're pretty much top ten and everything it seems like across the board and for being like that imagine what this team would be like with at least a b you know pitching staff you know the sky would be essentially the limit and we'd be talking about potentially making a trip down to to uh, the college world series you know but obviously we're not there yet and can we get there of course we can we have all the talent in the world too and then the third that you didn't even ask me on, but I'm adding them to the group, would be coaching staff. Because a lot of them have to, like I said earlier, we have to be accountable. And given how things are been going, I would give our coaching staff a B. You know, they're not great. I mean, on paper, they're great. And record-wise, they're great as far as Tadlock's concerned, but as far as the supporting staff and Matt Gardner, if I, if he had his own grade, it'd be an F just because he's failed so many pitchers here, you know? So I'll break it down. Let me go ahead and give a D plus low C to the pitching staff, a plus for our batting. And then our coaching staff of B there's still tons of work to be done, but they just they just haven't been getting it done for us. A D is pretty right on par for what I'm 
thinking as well. Um, we're getting right at the 30-minute mark. We're going to kind of start winding down. Um, we're going to do something a little different. I'm going to hand off to Joe to kind of pilot the rest of this uh, episode. And uh, we're going to see, uh, you know, we're just going to kind of flow with that for a little bit. And uh, we're going to go from there. So go ahead and take it away. All right, just kind of with the landscape of things, how, how things have been going, just to get, we're just going to do a quick bit of rapid fire questions. I ask you a question, you kind of just give me back what you're feeling, where your gut's at, and then we'll kind of just go on, on to the next. Do you and, want me, you do, know, before we start this, do you want me to be extremely truthful or, <laughs> or do you want me to sugarcoat it? Oh, no, we're not here to sugarcoat it. I mean, why why would we need to sugarcoat it for, for our listeners? I mean, a lot of people, I mean, will hate us for being completely honest and transparent. But I mean, would you rather, I mean, we have to look at ourselves in the mirror here. I mean, this is this team like what we say it is? Or are we just always being like, you know, the what if? Oh, if this didn't happen then we would be this. Or if this didn't happen, or you know, I'm tired of that shit. Let's just be completely honest. I'll be completely 100% transparent right now. I, I absolutely, that statement kills me because it's so stupid. What if this happened? Or what if that happened? What, like who, who gives a shit? Go on the field and do what you're, what you're here to do. You, coaches are here to coach. Players are here to play. Let's just get the job done. I mean, we have all the talent in the world. I mean, all the talent in the world, we're usually top 15 in our recruiting class. We're usually predicted top 15 in the baseball world preseason. We have all Americans on our team scattered throughout. Why can't we get it done? Let's just ask ourselves, why can't we get it done? So be 100% transparent. I want your honest and truthful opinion. And then, you know, we'll go from there. All right, I'm ready. Matt Gardner, see here at the start of next season. Unfortunately, yes. Okay. Your percentage of likelihood of us going postseason as it sits right now, 8-12 on May 9th. Mm, 65%. Well, that's higher than I thought you would give tech credit for, to be completely honest. I'm an I'm an optimist when it comes to <laughs> how much water's left in that cup and what else is in that cup you're drinking from right now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, biggest disappointment on the hump this year. Uh, player wise. Player wise. Um. God, can I name more than one? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, to be, I guess, I guess just kind of, all right, just to kind of broaden that, you know, with somebody who had higher expectations coming into this season. Um, I, I think, and, and it's really not to be, uh, it's really not anything that, uh, can be done about it really. But I think, I think the biggest disappointment honestly was Bo Blessy. I, I, I think that he had such a good off season and such hype around him coming into this season that to only have him pitch, you know, a game and a half that really sucked. And that's, uh, it's, it's been really missing a key arm that we could have used big time. So I, I think really, uh, with him out there, I don't think you really even have to force Girton into a starting role ever. I think you kind of keep him in the bullpen where he's comfortable. And so, 
I, I think that that really kind of warrants that. And I think a lot of dominoes started falling after um, not just the Washburn injury, but the but the Bo Blessy injury really hurt the pitching staff. That's that's a good one as well. Um, what was that last question I was going to ask you? Oh, Tadlock. Is this a how do what how would I word this? All right. Do you believe and feel that Tadlock does not trust his pitching staff? Like he has zero confidence across the board. I think that he has I think he has blind faith in a couple of guys that I have questioned for a long time. Uh, for those of for those listeners that have been here since the first podcast that we started uh, around baseball time, um, I I mean again I I hate you know throwing people out there throwing names um, for individual players because I because you know regardless even if they're having just a bad year you know they work their ass off but hundred uh, percent you, you know uh, and again it's nothing against the personal I'm not trying to get personal with any of the of it or anything, but, um, for a long time, you know, there's been a blind trust in Andrew divine that I really never understood. Um, there's been a a really like kind of blind trust in some other guys that I really didn't understand. I understand the blind trust in someone like a Brandon Beckel or a Ryan free. Um, I'm impressed at what Ethan Coombs is doing this year. Uh, you know, in his like sixth year of college, he's at like his fourth different level of college baseball. All that's really cool. It's a cool story. Um, he's been great at times. He's also been kind of low at times. Um, you know, uh, on, on the bump that that's kind of what brings to mind, but it's not to me, that's kind of my gripe with the coaching staff is that it's kind of like a blind trust in, in other in other people too, uh, as opposed to giving other people a shot. Uh, you know, I think that there are times and, and again, no, nothing against these guys at all, but you know, there have been times where you throw Drew Woodcox into a game. I just don't understand it. Um, when you have a guy like Jarrett Curtis on the bench that could really impact a game. I understand that Drew Woodcox can hit the ball 450 feet or whatever, um, but you got a guy in Jarrett Curtis that can impact the game on the base pass as well as with the bat and in the field. Uh, Drew Woodcox is kind of just like kind of a bat. Um, you know, you know, you you don't even you don't even give that guy a shot, um, and so a lot of that is a little um, a little puzzling. I, I think also I'm I'm a little uh, I'm a little disappointed in the usage of Damian Bravo this year. I, I thought that Damian Bravo would have been a lot a really cool uh, two way type of player. Really use him a lot more than they have. Um, I thought that Ryan Brome has been used in some kind of questionable uh, positions in the game. I, I really don't. I really didn't understand that. Um, there's been a lot of, you know, obviously the um, the mystery of of right field at Tech this year, which has kind of been weird. You know, you you had uh, you had Washburn out there, and then. Uh, you know, you had Dylan Carter go down, so you had Harrelson move over, and then you had Vul- you had Vuletic out there at one point, or you have him out there now. Uh, you know, you've had some other guys 
uh, you had Bravo out there. You've had, you know, you've just been trying to basically scramble a whole lot. So there's been a couple of decisions that I've just, it's their head. It, I don't, I don't disagree, I guess you could say, but they're kind of just head scratchers. You know what I mean? So yes, sir. I think, I think it's very, um, I think you're kind of at the point right now where, in my mind, uh, you know, I'm looking at the lineup for the for the Abilene Christian game today, right? And in the past couple games, you know, Vuletic has been out and right. Don't get me wrong. I love Zach Vuletic. I think he's been such a great uh, role player for this team for the last two years at Tech. Um, but you got guys like Jarrett Curtis waiting in the wings who um, – who are really good and who, you know, if they don't feel like their time is here, they could be jetting off somewhere. And I think if you lose guys like Jarrett Kurt, I, my two that I'm really, to be honest with you, that I'm concerned about are Jarrett Curtis and Cade McGar. And if you lose either one of the guys, God forbid you lose both of them, um, you, you're going to have to take a, lo- a long look in the mirror and reflect on it. Um, yeah, you got another year of Austin Green at second base, which is good. Um, he's really stable. You might move him to full-time DH since Ty Coleman's graduating. Um, you know, you, you could you could have anything going on in that middle infield as well. I think you kind of have your third baseman of the future for a while with Bazell. Right. Uh, I think he's. I think it's him and Cash that have played every game. So um, I, I think that your your corner infield is pretty pretty set. Um, you know, you're, I think you're still pretty set with Hudson White behind the plate, mix in Dylan Maxey here and there. Um, but like I said, you, you, the, I just named off a hell of a lot of, hell of a lot of people that, um, you know, there are nine positions on, on a baseball diamond. And, uh, you right. know, I, I probably just rattled off about 15 or 16 names that, <laughs> uh, that could be, you know, on the field somewhere else. Um, so, um, the, the, the three or the two really that I'm looking at to keep honestly are, um, are Magar and Jared Curtis. I, I just think that those guys have such bright futures. I think they're still a little raw cause they're, they're young. Uh, but I really think that their potential is off the charts. Um, especially Cur- Curtis's legs, um, you know, just make him a, a threat. Well, he can hit too, but like I said, you know, he's a threat. As soon as he puts the bat on the ball, you know, he can beat damn near anything out. So he's a threat on the base pass. He's got a good glove. So, I mean, it's almost, to me, it seems like a no-brainer. And so, like I said, there's, um, it's just, it's it's head, it's puzzling, it's head-scratching. But again, that's my rapid fire answer for uh for for, for that <laughs> that that's more of a uh we're we're dropping a bomb there you know it's it's kind it's just doing its job um i had another question i just had it on the tip of my tongue and i was just ready to tell it just just now and i just cannot think of oh um line up if i just say big 12 tournament you're you're Tadlock. You have all the control in the world. Who's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Wednesday? Who's who's your number one 
going into the Big 12 tournament. And if you win that first one, who's your number two? As a, as as a coach right now, if you're Tadlock, if you make that call. Um, to be quite honest, uh, I'd throw – oh, shit. Um, I'd, I'd probably throw – I'd throw Molina in the second game just because I know that he's been there before. And so if you win the first game, then you can really get that second one and you can be comfortable with someone out on the mound. Also, if you lose the first one, you can have someone that you're comfortable with on the second mound that could kind of bring you back um, or keep you grounded. You know, honestly, I don't hate the idea of trotting Kyle Robinson out there first. And I'll tell you why. The dude's tall. He's lengthy. He's got that long release where he's closer to the plate than any other tech pitcher when he releases that ball. Um, the dude's got some movement on that on that fastball. So, uh, you know, I, I don't hate the idea of throwing Kyle Robinson on in the first game of the Big 12 tournament. I think that, you know, you, you threw him opening day, and yeah, he got a little got a little flustered and Brendan Gurton had to come in and calm everything down. But I, I really think that he's picked up a lot of useful uh, stuff and a lot of useful innings. I think that he's a good, he's a good first stop. Um, if I had to go for a third game, I'd either throw uh, Trendon Parrish or uh, Petty. I, I, I know Petty's pitching tonight, I think against Abilene Christian, but um you know, I, I think that he's 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 been a little touched up this year in the midweek games. I think it's just a little because you know he's trying to get, um, he's trying to get familiar with the college game, and you know, coming from, I think it's a little harder for these pitchers to get acquainted to the college game because you're coming from high school where you know maybe three or four guys on that other roster can actually hit you or you know give you problems. Uh, well, you're now you're going through uh, college. Uh, roster a college starting lineup on the other side where all these guys were those two or three guys that could hit you in high school all those guys are now you know flush through the order so uh, I think that you know you have a lot of that Um, I I think that you know I I would probably throw I would probably throw Parrish just because uh, but I, again, I'm real big on keeping Trenton Parrish's pitch count low. Uh, I'm really big on him, you know, throwing two or three innings max, and then and then going somewhere else, maybe Tabor Fast or yeah, I don't know, shit. At this point, who knows? But um, I think that would be that would be my you know three going into it if I had to if I had to pick. Okay, last one, completely transparent. What do you tell the team going into West Virginia and to close out the last part of the Big 12 conference? What's your message? What are you trying to get across? What is what are you telling your guys right now like going into Friday? I'm telling them that it's put up or shut up time and they've been doing a lot of shutting up recently. And I think it's time to put up, and I think it's time for the pitching staff to shove it. And you know, if if they're not if they're not there to pitch like their lives depend on it, you know, then what are we doing? I I think that 
Um, I think a lot of people, um, and I hate to say this, but I really do believe it. And and I think that a lot of uh, people within this program have gotten complacent with with what's going on and where uh, you know the results every year. Some lifetime contracts. I'm not saying Tadlock is getting complacent. So before everyone comes at me, I'm not saying that Tadlock is getting complacent. I'm saying that his contract has definitely brought on complacency from his staff. 100%. So I'm talking to the staff as well, saying it's time to put up or shut up. And... You got to win these games. I mean, it's pretty pretty basic, you know. I mean, you got to win if you want to if you want to play in the postseason. These are the games you got to win to get there. You've you've put yourself in this position to where you're coming down the stretch for must win games. So I I think that I think that these guys know. I mean, you 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 pretty much know it as a player. I mean. You understand what the what the game means and what what the standings are and everything. So uh, they know what's going on. They know that it's you know it's time to go. So um, you know, will they respond to it? I, I think that's what you got to ask them. Yeah, I think you got to sit down and I mean, it, look in the mirror. You got to say, hey, why are we here? Why are we here? Are we here to be an average Big Twelve team? An average postseason team, are we here actually to win a national championship? Are we here to go to Omaha and hold that championship up high and bring it back to Texas Tech? Is that what we're here for? Because of late, it seems like, hey, we're okay with just kind of, you know, skipping into the the postseason like like it's given to us just because what we have on paper. Nothing... Nothing's given in this world, and you know that, and, and that's at any any age, any level, sports, whatever, anything in life. Nothing's given to you. You need to go out and earn it, and in some cases, you need to go out and just take it. You know, nobody's going to feel sorry for the injuries. Nobody's going to be feel sorry for this, that, or the other. Nobody's going to feel sorry for the what-ifs. Just go out and take it. We have all the talent in the world. We could play with anybody out there. Now, just just go out and shut people up. I, I mean, I love tech as much as the next tech guy, you know, but there's a there's a point in time where you have to just go shut up all the naysayers. I back this team a hundred and million percent. I will always back Texas Tech. I will always rock red and black. I'm this is this is it for me. This is kind of what I do, you know. And it's just, you know, it sucks to see so much talent not being either utilized or also them not playing up to their potential for whatever reason. Because either this this moment's too big for them, um, they came up too early, like they should have probably came in a junior college or a smaller college route, whatever the reason, or the coaching just failed you. We hired these guys, to your point, that that lifetime contract kind of just you know, roots those other guys in with Tadlock. And it kind of sucks because, you know, I believe Gardner and, and Tadlock are super close. And how hard is it for Tadlock? I'm I'm sure he's feeling the heat from somebody about 
our pitching staff and what kind of position is he about to be put in if he has to ultimately be the the final decision and acts in one of his friends you know nobody wants to do that but you honestly got to take a look at the mirror and see what we're putting out there and seeing what you're really here for i know you're here to win the big 12 i know you're here to win games and i know you're here to win a national championship and now those decisions you need to start making yourself and putting tech back in the position we've been in prior to go out and compete for these championships instead of us talking right now and on the outside looking in. There's a chance we don't even make the postseason if we don't get our shit together. That's that's truth. I mean, that's a truth bomb. A lot of us are just going to have to swallow that pill. And it sucks because of, like I said, all of the talent. We've said it. Everything in everything on these pods. So I'm I'm just ready for, for them to shut somebody up because you know there's there's guys out there like from low levels and stuff that come in with a chip on their shoulder and a lot of our guys seem like they, they lost that chip. Like while they're here, why they work their asses off to get here. And like I said, it could be it could be for a lot of reasons. But we don't actually know if it's coaching or if it's something else, whatever. But a lot of these, a lot of these kids need to need to get that chip back and start playing playing some damn baseball. That's for sure. I agree. Well, Joe, it's been a pleasure as always, and um, we want to thank the listeners for tuning into this episode. We're kind of right at where I wanted to be uh, time wise, so. Um, with that being said, I know tomorrow uh, Mike and Kendall are recording a basketball episode to kind of get everyone uh, primed. I believe the next portal date is in a couple days, if I'm not mistaken, with that. Thursday. Thursday. The portal, portal window closes. The portal so window. So if you want to put your name in the portal, Thursday is your last day to do so. All right. Well, there you go. There you have it. Um, so be on the lookout for that as well. Um, those guys have a lot to say, no doubt. And, uh, you know, I will be expecting to get back on here with Joe soon. Um, probably once more before uh, the Big 12 tournament. Hopefully we'll be talking about, uh, you know, keeping a hot streak going uh, in order to, you know, kind of get off that bubble and get firmly into the tournament into a uh, regional that, uh, you know, we can pro- possibly make some noise in. But until then, you know, it's been me, Jack, along with Joe. Uh, we want to thank y'all for listening to the Cotton Club crew, and we will see y'all next time. Thanks, y'all. Wreck them.